Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside joining me, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller, and we are, of course, the hosts of the Women of Golf Show. Good morning and welcome, Cindy. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, actually. I'm I'm very excited today. We're going to have a great uh, great show, as always, and uh, very happy to be welcoming back uh, our very special guest, Jane Blaylock, of course, uh, who's been on the show a number of times, uh, but we haven't spoken to her in a little while, so it'll be interesting to get caught up and, and hear what's new and exciting uh, happening in, in Jane's world. So we'll talk uh, a little bit later on in the show, but um, very excited otherwise. And uh, Cindy, let me just remind everybody uh, how they can get in touch with us. Uh, of course, we're live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern uh, time, and uh, the best way to find us is go to blogtalkradio.com and up in the search key type women of golf and you'll find us there during the live broadcast and for some reason if you can't join us live just scroll down on that page and you'll find the on demand section and that's where all of the shows including today's will be there a little bit later on uh, are previously recorded and you can listen to them in their entirety there for some reason if you missed the live broadcast. But we're glad for those of you joining us live this morning. Uh, also, we're available on a number of other mediums as well. Uh, you can go to iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, and now TuneIn.com. And under the podcast section, again, just type in Women of Golf, and you'll find uh, all of the uh, shows, including today's, will be there as well. So uh, check us out. There are lots of great ways to connect uh, with the show. So no excuse. Um, and again, it's Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern is when we uh, broadcast live here on blogtalkradio.com. Uh, if you want to call in, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you're welcome to do so during the live broadcast anytime. And uh, the number to reach us at is area code 347-945-5855. And for those of you that want to maybe have some questions or comments, uh, or maybe you've got some great ideas for a show that we haven't done yet or something you maybe you want us to expand on, uh, you can reach out to either Cindy or I, and Cindy's email is cindy at cindymillergolf.com, and mine is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. So we're glad that you're joining us this morning. Cindy, we're going to uh, talk about, uh, actually, let's, before we start our, our conversation this morning, uh, maybe just a quick update. Next week, uh, you're going to be uh, down in Florida, as I understand, uh, doing one of your uh, boot camps. You and Alan are going to be down there. Tell us very quickly about that. What are the, the actual dates? And, uh, and then we'll continue on. The dates, uh, we're doing two separate boot camps, 17th to the 21st and the 21st to the 25th. Uh, the first boot camp is for kids. So next week we're going to have some junior golfers on the show with us that we are teaching down at Orange County National. And then the second uh, camp is for adults. 
and we've got people flying in from all over the place to meet us down there. We we practice and hit balls all morning. We have lunch, and then we play 18 holes every afternoon. So thus the name boot camp. So if you are looking to change your <laughs> game and improve it, it is the place to be. And uh, you get to spend a little time with the Millers. Of course, uh, Cindy's husband, Alan Miller, of course, is a uh, – PJ professional played on the tour for many many years, uh, and of course uh, our very own Cindy Miller has played uh, professionally as well. And of course now they both pass on all of their um, uh, skills that they've learned over the years onto all of you out there. So it sounds like a great idea, and we're looking forward to having some of the youngsters uh, from the first boot camp uh, join us next Tuesday on the show. So we're looking forward to that. Um, all right, so Cindy, we're going to talk about here before Jane comes on the second half. We're going to talk about, uh, and I, I name this the dawning of a new golf season because we are, uh, uh, for many, gearing up for that new season. And I wanted us to, to give the folks something to, some things to think about as they get ready for, for 2018. Now, I know it's still a little early for some, uh, but uh, nevertheless, it's never too late to, to start tuning up and getting ready for a new season. And a couple of points that, that we want to talk about we're going to try and get through them as quickly as we can because there's a, there's a few of them. Um, first and foremost, I think that a lot of the folks in you need to spend more time on the practice screen. As you and I know, at least 40% of, of your strokes uh, are with the putter, and probably 60%, maybe if not more, uh, are, sh- are shots coming from 100 yards in. So accuracy and distance are crucial off the tee and in your approach, and you know, as the old saying goes, if you can't get it done in the dance floor, then it's all for naught. So uh, it's time to, to, as you say, get your butt over to the practice green and get right with the putter. So talk a little bit about that, because uh, I know you, you do some things like this through the boot camp. You want to make sure that they're working essentially on their short game, uh, because that's where they're going to lose most of their strokes. They're not going to lose it off the tee as much um, as they are in that 100 yards in. So talk a little bit about that and, and what you try to instill with some of the players you're working with. Well, I think the biggest thing is on the putting green, you want to eliminate three putts. So if you can work Mm. on your distance control, you can learn to hit the ball closer to the hole on your first putt. Excuse me. Forgive me. Um, uh, You want to get the ball closer to the hole on your first putt. Therefore, you want to get a feel for the speed of the greens that you're playing. Um, Sometimes the greens are really fast. Sometimes the greens are really slow. If you are interested in seeing a couple of tips on distance control, you can email me, Cindy, at cindymillergolf.com. I've got a couple tips, one from the Legends Tour and one from the Golf Channel that I can show you. It, It might be a little confusing if I try to tell you, but you could at least see how to learn how to get your first putt closer to the hole. And the second thing is practice three footers. So, if you yep. get the first putt within three feet and you know how to make a three-footer, then you're going to eliminate three putts everywhere. Yeah, well said. And, you know, that's something that a lot of people, uh, I think, really struggle with. Um, you know, they, they don't practice. Um, you know, they're, they're putting the way they should. They're not really, as you say, trying to, to gauge the speed of the, of the putt. You know, people spend more time, I think, trying to work on the accuracy of their putts, which certainly is important as well. But the speed, I think, is more important because you can be aiming right at the cup on a straight putt, but if you haven't got the speed and the feel of the, of the putt, 
um, down, then it's not going to matter much. And as you said, working on those three-foot putts is crucial because once you get into that territory, if you can't make a three-foot putt, well, then that lag putt that you've just done really isn't going to help you a whole lot either. So uh, very, very important to get out on the, on the practice screen and work on some of these areas. And uh, we're going to talk about that 100 yards in and just a little bit later because um, it's actually in one of the other points, and, and I don't want to jump ahead of ourselves. Um, another point, Cindy, and this is something that we see a lot um, with uh, many of our golfers out there, especially our amateur golfers. And, and I, my advice is in, instead of going out and buying a new driver, put that money towards lessons. And it's not just a ploy to, to get you to come out and, and, and take lessons with us. Um, but here's a little bit of the rationale. You know, you're spending anywhere, and depending on what, what you're getting and where you're buying it from, you can spend as much as $500 for that club. And, you know, the thing is, I think that a lot of people get caught up in the hyperbola, you know, guaranteeing those extra yards off the tee. And I think that meeting with your local pro and working and learning how to use that club more efficiently um, is going to be well worth the money spent. And you may find after doing that, Cindy, and, and chime in if you, if you agree or disagree, I think that you're going to have much more enjoyment of the game and you're going to be glad you didn't go out and spend the money on that club. Uh, and then still struggling with your game. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. I mean, it's funny. You mentioned that, and I'm like, yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, how many lessons could you get for $500? And if you choose the right person right. to give you the lessons, you should definitely get your money's worth and, and save the $500 on the new club. You know, that's not to say you can't have a new club. It's fine. But do you really need a new club? You know, if you're really willing yeah. to look in the mirror and see what the issue is, typically it's you don't hit it straight enough. Um, people come in and say, you know, I want to hit it farther. I'm like, well, you really don't need to hit it farther. Straight would be great, you know, and you could score yeah. a lot better if you could hit it in the fairway. <laughs> I mean, nobody's ever lost a, a golf tournament because they hit it too straight. And right, right, exactly. loses golf you know, tournaments, I... but straight doesn't. <laughs> well said. You know, and, and I, I remember a few years back, I had a gentleman that, that came to me with the very same problem. And, you know, he, he could hit the ball, you know, a good distance, but it was, you know, curved all the time. And I said, if you could just straighten that out, you'd, you'd have much more enjoyment in the game. And, you know, he came to me with that scenario. You know, he wanted to buy a new club and he, you know, heard about this and heard about that. And I said, look, I said, I'll tell you what, let's book a few lessons if at the end of the, the group of lessons, if you're not satisfied, I will buy you that new driver. So it was an easy sell, and of course had to put me to work. And ultimately, wow. long story short, I didn't have to did buy him. I didn't have to buy him the new driver. You know, I did it, and I was lucky. I mean, but you know, the the thing is, Cindy, it, it, it just goes to show you that if you're willing to put a little bit of effort into your game. You can overcome that. It doesn't mean he's not going to occasionally hit an errant tee shot. I mean, that, that's going to happen to the best of them. But if, if somebody's hitting at 220 or 225, let's say, for some of our amateurs out there, and the last you know, 30, 40 yards is you know, going off to the right or hooking to the left, imagine if they could straighten that out now where they would be in the fairway. Because if you add in a little bit extra roll, they might actually get up you know, 235, maybe even 240 on a, on a, you know, a, a downhill. So, you know... That's that's some good yardage, whereas if you're over in the cabbage somewhere or off in the woods, you know you're not going to be very successful in in that round. So um, that was something that I, I I sold this gentleman on, and I said, look, I said, give me the money, 
let's do some lessons here. I'll help you work uh, on your on your uh, accuracy and, and and so forth with the driver. And for some reason, if it doesn't work out, I'll buy you that new driver. So I didn't have to buy him the new driver. Obviously, it worked out. Um, here's another one interesting, Cindy, that that I, I thought would be kind of uh, you know sort of cool to throw in there. You know, we we've all talked about sort of traveling off that beaten path, if you will, to to maybe a course, maybe somebody has never gone uh, too far out of their own area and played courses outside. And there's a lot of great courses here in the United States, but maybe you thought about going uh, to that birthplace of golf over to Scotland and maybe playing, uh, you know, on some of the courses over there or even Ireland or, or some other area um, and, and make, a, a, of course, a, a great trip out of it. So talk a little bit about that. You've played a lot of different places, of course, and had the pleasure. Um, how cool is that for, for a golfer to maybe have an opportunity to go and play uh, somewhere other than their own home course. Oh my goodness, that's that's a great. Um, it's it's so awesome. I must tell you, I went to Ireland for the Solheim Cup, and I'm thinking about getting a trip ready to take a bunch of people over to Scotland for the Solheim Cup. But it might be the coolest trip I've done. Um, just yeah. to be able to be in another country. And I think it was, you know, I've been to Australia, I've been to Japan, I've been to Mexico, but I must tell you that Ireland was cool because not only do they speak English, but I never yes. realized how old the country was. So when you go to, right. and this has nothing to do with the golf, but we went to a couple castles, and it's like, wow, this mm-hmm. is so cool. It's so old. So, yeah, it, it was awesome. And you have to learn how to hit different shots. You know, you have to keep the ball lower. And it's just, um, I, I love traveling and playing golf everywhere. So, yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? Many of us, uh, you know, as we get on in years, you know, we start talking about bucket lists and things that we wish we could have done or wish we had done. And this is a great one. Um you know, if, if you're looking to travel and maybe if, if you and your spouse play golf, this is a great couples uh, opportunity, whether it be Ireland, as I said, or, or, or another area. Um, there's just some, some differences out there, and it gives you an opportunity to, to see more than just the golf courses, of course, but um, that's something to, to consider as well. So when you're thinking about 2018, that might be something that you want to have in your bucket list. So um, keep that in mind, folks. Uh, also, uh, something else that I think, unfortunately, and, and I know it's not always possible, but wherever possible, walk over riding. And I'm talking about riding in a golf court. Um, you know, people don't fully appreciate just how beautiful a golf course is um, unless they're walking. Because when you get in the golf cart, you're hitting your ball and you're driving up to, you know, wherever your your ball has landed. And a lot of times, because you're you're kind of getting rushed around the golf course, you're not really enjoying the scenery. You're not taking time to breathe and, and enjoy it. And, Cindy, um, you can attest to this. I mean, obviously, I know you've done both. Um, walking as opposed to riding, definitely a big plus, correct? I totally agree with you. If you can if you can manage it, you know, it's just the other thing it does is it slows your whole game down. You know, you don't feel like you have to rush. You can enjoy what you're doing. You can breathe. You can pay attention to the shot. Instead of, you know, oh, where do I park and how do I get there? And I have to drop off my right. playing partner, which is a total pain in the butt. And, you know, you get distracted. So <laughs> I agree. Right. And and here's one. We'll just sort of quickly breeze by this one here. Um, we want to cut back. Uh, you know, it's always nice to maybe have a, 
you know, a, a beer or a drink or something uh, while you're playing. A lot of courses obviously offer that. Uh, but cut back on the on-course drinking. There, there's nothing worse um, than getting behind a group or even in front of a group that's uh, had a, a few too many and uh, they're getting loud and a little rowdy and, and uh, a little obnoxious. And, uh, you know, Cindy, I know obviously you don't see that in tournaments, at least I hope not, but um, I'm sure in, in some practice rounds uh, or, or fun rounds, I'm sure you've had that experience as well where you've seen people maybe have a little bit too much. So let, let's cut back on that. You know, have your drinks, uh, you know, maybe when you get to the 19th hole and, and talk about what a great round you had. Because the other thing too, Cindy, and I think you'd agree with this, you get out there and you get a little bit too tipsy, you're not playing at your best. And, and really, you know, if you've just spent, uh, you know, depending on where you're playing, maybe $100 to play a great golf course and, uh, you know, you're, you're staggering from, from hole to hole, uh, that's not fun in my, in my books. You might as well just give up the game and, and hit your local pub or something like that because you're not really enjoying it. And, and your thoughts there? Uh, I, I agree. I don't need to say anything else. And I, yeah. I, I, I no. <laughs> personally, if you're serious about getting better at golf, then, yeah, why would you do that? So. Yeah. And if you're that yeah, and, nervous and I know you that, need to drink uh, because you're scared, then you need some help. Right, exactly. There's other areas of the game, exactly. Uh, might be a, a good Dr. Phil moment or something, I don't know. But, um, but you know, it, it's just something that you need to. But anyways, we'll move on. Um, the other thing, too, is, and, and I know this doesn't happen all the time, but there are a lot of people do that. And, and this goes to your earlier point about uh, working especially on those short putts. Putt everything out. Um, you know, we, we've we've gotten into the habit of, of you know, give me putts and we, you know, we're playing with our friends. It's obviously not a tournament, so we don't have to worry about, uh, you know, from the rules standpoint, but you know, if somebody gets in there, you know, three, three and a half feet, don't just give it all the time and, and don't accept it all the time. Just say, you know what? I want to put this out because there's your opportunity in real time uh, to be able to, to work on uh, some of your short putts. So if you're picking them up all the time, you're not going to get any better at it. Uh, Cindy? Absolutely, because if you're playing in tournaments, you have to put them all out. I agree. Right, so you might as well, and, and you yeah, know you might as well get in good a great, practice. A great little drill is to purchase a metal yardstick, put the yardstick right by the hole. There's usually a little hole in the yardstick where they would hang it up in the hardware store. And place your ball on top of the yardstick on the hole, and you can practice putting down the yardstick to learn how to make three-footers and see that your face is square. So that's a great practice drill. I do that all the time. Well said. That You're exactly right. And, and you know, like the old saying goes, practice makes perfect. Um, the other thing that goes back to our very first question, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, Cindy, about talking about working from that 100 yards in. Um, another area of the game that, really could benefit a lot of uh, of our amateurs out there is learning how to bump and run around the green. A lot of people get up, they you know, they hit their approach shot, it falls a little short and maybe um it's not an ideal pitch shot, but maybe an ideal bump and run shot. This is something where you want to get that feel. So talk a little bit about that, Cindy, and, and how um how important it is to to really learn how to to hit those little chip uh, bump and runs. Well, I think it depends on the situation. If you're up close to the green and you've got a long way to roll it, there's more green to roll than there is grass to get over, 
then you want to get the ball on the ground as fast as possible. So that's where you would hit a bump and run or a chip and run. And typically, you know, if you're a right-handed player, you put it on your right foot because right foot is roll, left foot is loft. Um, And you would put the ball back in your stance for a left-handed, you know, person. It would be way back on your left foot. Um, Left is low. So right is roll, left is low, depending on right or left-handed. Your hands will be a little forward, which will also take loft off the face and help it go lower Mm -hmm. and run. Typically, you want to land it a third or a quarter of the way and let it roll two-thirds because that's kind of the feel. But that goes back to feeling the speed of the greens as well. So I would hit a few chip and runs or bump and runs before I tee off just to make sure I know what I'm doing and I'm comfortable. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. And the other thing, too, that I would say to, um, you know, many of the golfers out there is don't be afraid to even go, uh, again, depending on the circumstances, obviously you, you want to uh, test it out before you get out in the golf course with, uh, with around the putting green. Um, but everybody kind of sticks with, you know, maybe a wedge or a nine-iner. Um, a lot of the professionals will sometimes even take a seven or an eight-iron, even a six-iron, I've, I've seen professionals do that, um, because it, it, very little off to begin with. And they hit it almost like a little bit of a, almost like a putt. They, they grip it very much like a putt. It still gets just a little bit of a bump. Uh, and then, obviously, as you said, rolls out the, the rest of the way. Um, but, you know, sometimes if, you, if you're using a wedge or a nine iron, you've got a good distance to go, and you're only hitting a, uh, a bump and run style shot, a lot of times that extra loft, even if you lean the club head forward, um, sometimes gets a little bit too airborne, and then you end up, sort of checking up or losing that speed so don't be afraid to t- try different clubs um out there uh, again depending on the, the the length of the shot if you've got a really long uh shot you might want to consider using a seven iron or even an eight iron uh and and again as cindy mentioned uh, to, you know to, to lean the shaft a little bit forward to take some of that extra loft off but um a great way to to uh to certainly practice and, and help your short game and the last one, Cindy, I think is, is probably one of the most important, and I think you'd probably agree, is a lot of our amateurs need to quit letting their score dictate the level of their enjoyment. Um, the game is meant to be, it's recreational. Um, we know it's fun and can be fun. Uh, whether you've played poorly or not, don't let it dictate you know, your fun out in the golf course. If you're that concerned about how you're playing, then it goes to our earlier point. Get out there and work with your local, um, you know, LPGA professional or PGA professional, and work with them, and improve your game so that when you get out there, you're going to play a little bit better, and then you're of course you're going to have more fun. But just because you have a bad round, don't let it ruin your day. What are your thoughts there, Cindy? Oh, absolutely. And again, you know, play within your ability. You have to have realistic expectations. And maybe make one process goal for the day. Like, I promise to do my pre-shot routine on every point or every shot. I promise to plan every shot or something that you can control. Because needless to say, if we could all control what we shoot, we'd all play really well every day. And that doesn't happen. So lower your expectations yeah. and have some fun. You know, what's, what's interesting, and you raise a very interesting point. I, I just want to uh, mention this. Um, you know, you talk about the, the uh, pre-shot routine. You know, quite often, Cindy, we hear a lot of amateurs out there saying that they they want to emulate a certain player that they've watched. 
But the interesting thing is the part that they try to emulate is the actual golf swing itself. In other words, they try to copy maybe Michelle Wee or they try to copy uh, Lexi Thompson or somebody else out there that, that they admire, and, but they don't incorporate a pre-shot routine. And you know as well as I do, you know, everybody's unique. We're all our own individuals. Um, you might have certain similarities to a player, um, but your swing is your swing. So rather than spending time trying to copy somebody else's swing, why don't you copy their pre-shot routine? Get in the habit. See how they do it. That's one thing that you'll see every pro out there, doesn't matter what tour, what level of, of tour player they are, they all have a pre-shot routine, and it's the same for every shot. And I think that's something more worthwhile, in my opinion, that they should emulate as opposed to trying to copy somebody else's swing. Uh, your thoughts there? Absolutely. And, and, you know, the funny thing is, is that you might say, again, we're doing boot camp here next week. And uh, people say, oh, well, it's 150. I hit my 700, 150 yards. Well, it's uphill and it's the wind's in your face and it's Mm -hmm. early morning and it's chilly. Well, so what? Well, now you just dumped it in the front bunker. So, you got to know, you know, what's my lie look like? What's the wind doing? What's the temperature? Um, because you got to make wiser decisions. You have to be able to uh, adapt your thinking and planning to the conditions. And I don't think most people do that. Yeah, you're exactly right. Well, Cindy, um, we, we've now got the opportunity to talk with another professional who's been on the show a number of times over the years. Uh, since we've started this. Uh, She's not only a great golf professional, but uh, she's the founder of uh, JBC Golf Inc. and also the CEO of the Legends Tour, uh, as well as heading up the LPGA Golf Clinics for Women. And I'm talking about, of course, our very special guest this morning, Jane Blaylock. So let's bring her on and let's maybe get her thoughts uh, on some of the things that we've been discussing about. Good morning. Well, good morning. I can, you know, I can't talk very long because I just learned a lot, so I have to get to the range. <laughs> I have to get my yardstick. <laughs> I have to work on my bump and runs. <laughs> and I'm going to make sure from now on that I put everything out. And I, I, tell all my, I totally agree. I tell all my friends that uh, because, you know, it's in club tournaments, uh, there's a, a group of guys that I play with quite a bit, and uh, you know me, and they're tough because they, you know, they're out of the hole and they pick up, or uh, you know, they give away those two and three footers. Then they play the club championship medal play, you know, and they shoot in the high 80s. <laughs> so it's uh, because right. they're not used to having to finish everything out. So I totally agree. Yeah, I think that, you that's have so, something yeah, new to announce. Exactly. Oh. Pat, I don't know if you know this, but she's got something new to announce. Oh, I do. By all means, let's uh, let's announce it. Go ahead, Jane. Well, you 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 uh, made reference to the LPGA clinics, um, which we have uh, been holding for over 25 years, um, a longer period of time than I actually played on the LPGA tour, which is scary. Uh, and we just announced two weeks ago that uh, we are now the PGA golf clinics for women. Um, which is um, oh, wow. just a tremendous opportunity for us. Um, we will be, um, you know, uh, affiliated with the uh, the uh, KPMG Women's PGA Championship, so still involved with the LPGA, but under really under that umbrella. 
and uh, had a chance to work closely with uh, Susie Whaley, who will be the first uh, female president of the uh, PGA of America in uh, 101 years. Uh, so this is very, wow. very exciting. You know, we have their um, their full support. They're excited as they are positioning um, our program, um, you know, which is tried and true, um, as their um, really their whole women's initiative, growing the game, empowering women through the game of golf. So uh, we're real excited because um, we're important to them, and that means a lot to us. Oh, well, you wow. should be important. Very exciting. You have a turnkey, awesome group of uh, people that work for you that are so dedicated, and they do such a great job, and you've done a marvelous job for these over 25 years, so congratulations. Well, thank you. I do yes. mean it's, uh, you know, my name is, is, is front and center, but, uh, you know, I'm only as good as, as my team, which, as you just cited, is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you know, running these clinics, people just marvel at the uh, the execution. And, you know, the key thing, Cindy, and why we've been, uh, I think, so successful for this many years is that, um, you know, we'll have about 25 or 30 percent of the women who have never touched a golf club. So it's not to be confused with a golf school. It's really, it's a platform for inclusiveness, a platform um, for just making, providing greater confidence, uh, making women more comfortable so they'll be, you know, feel okay to join in with, uh, you know, so many of those activities that uh, around the game of golf and um, really amount to better relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Let me ask you, let me ask you, Jane, just about the clinics in itself. Um, as you said, it's not, you know, you don't want to confuse it with, with a golf school. Explain for those that maybe have never been to one, that may be listening to the show this morning, um, what they could expect if they were attending uh, or being part of one of the golf clinics. Just explain a little bit generally what you do there and some of the things that you're covering uh, throughout the clinics. Yep. Well, it, it, it's a full day, um, and we'll have really between 70 and 100 women typically at each event, um, a variety of industries and companies and individuals, from, you know, uh, from uh, those that don't even go to the office um, th- that attend. And so they arrive in the morning, and we have, we'll have the finest LPGA and PGA uh, instructors on hand, and um, so they sit at the table with their instructor kind of to become a little more comfortable because it's intimidating, particularly if you've never played the game of golf. And well, then uh, I host right. many of them. Cindy uh, steps in every now and then, uh, which is which is wonderful. And uh, we have our remarks about, you know, why golf's important and, uh, and, you know, cite some of the analogies of golf and business and life in general, which are so interesting. And um, then we divide the group um, into two, those who have really never played or who won't admit they've played because they don't think they're good enough. (laughs) We'll go out onto the uh, practice area. We'll rotate them among long game, short game, putting, incorporate a lot of the etiquette, which is so important. And those who have been on a golf course will go out and play nine holes, you know, with their, um, you know, uh, PGA and LPGA instructors. And uh, so that's the morning. Everyone comes back in for lunch. We feed them very well, full breakfast, full lunch. Uh, we'll have a couple of uh, speakers, very brief, maybe about the economy or, you know, just to uh, to mm. really add to enhance the business um, uh, portion of it. 
and um, and then in the afternoon, everyone um, switches. Those who are on the course will go to the practice area again with their instructors to refine, and those um, who are on the range will go out onto the course. You know, I mean, this is a T. This is what you do. This is where you stand. And um, well, right. that's, you know, it's no competition really. Fun contest, long long drive, putting, and uh, it's just. Um, you know, by the end of the day, which is my favorite part, everyone comes in around 4, 4.30, and we give out the prizes. But, you know, the networking and uh, and those who are so quiet and saying, why am I here in the morning, we're just saying, wow, this is the greatest day. I can't wait to play. I'm going to sign up for my corporate event next time I'm asked. And, uh, you know, they exchange business cards, uh, try to maybe some even some, uh, you know, smaller groups are um, created to go out and continue to play the game. And uh, and the instructors also are able to pick up a lot of business because, um, you know, these, again, the newer golfers, they're looking for particularly, you know, good female teachers. I think that's, um, that's important. So it, it's, it's an absolutely full day, a nice gift bag. You know, a goodie bag is the most important part of any event, golf or otherwise. And right. um, so it's uh, it, it's really an intro and, uh, you know, just to get them uh, to the next level to at least speak the language of golf. Right. Do you get a lot of – I'm sure you get a lot of questions throughout the day um, from some of the participants in these clinics, what are some of the more common questions that that are asked at these clinics by by especially some of the newer golfers? Oh, you know, what if um, I'm out on the golf course and there are people behind me and we're holding them up? You know, what what do we do? Um, what do we wear? I think that's you know, golf has right. its own set of uh, you know, it's like learning a language going to a foreign country um and you have to understand the culture and the nuances and so we kind of we tell them what to wear um and they ask about their um their golf clubs what kind of clubs should i have we we're fortunate we have a uh, ping as our um golf golf club uh, provider and so the women by the way mm. all those who don't have clubs which are most have brand new sets of clubs to use during the day um, oh, wow. So it's uh, but the questions are all across the board. Um, you know, what do I, you know, what do I do if my boss or client asks me to play golf? Well, you say yes, <laughs> and um, I'm really not good enough. <laughs> We're not, but here's what you do: you pick up if you have to, and uh, you know, we reinforce the fact that a lot of their male counterparts uh, really aren't quite as good as they may pretend to be. <laughs> So it's it's okay, and right. uh, you know, as, as you know, many of the um, you know the charity and corporate events, uh, you know, are in the scramble format, and so it's very forgiving. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, go ahead and do it. Right. And if you, you get out there and you'll make a a five foot putt to help the team, and it's uh, it's exciting. It's you know, team building and about camaraderie. Jane, can you yeah, tell us how many events you're going to have this year? I'm sorry, uh, how, how many, Cindy, is that what you asked? How many events in the city so our listeners can uh, ah. si- and how they sign up and get involved? Yeah, well, they can they can Google uh, PGA Golf Clinics for Women. And um, we are, we're in 12 markets. We start in Los Angeles in, uh, on March 12th. 
and we're in uh, I'll just run we're in Washington D.C. we're in in New York um, you know in Westchester we're in uh, West Orange New Jersey Boston Chicago Charlotte uh, Denver which is a new market for us this year which is exciting uh, San Francisco Palo Alto area Dallas and we finish up um, on the um, you know east coast of Florida down um, Delray um, Delray Beach area. Awesome. Wow. So PGA golf clinics for women? Yep, PGA golf clinics for women. Go ahead and 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 Google that, and uh, they'll get the schedule and everything. You can sign up online, get more information. Um, we also um, we also have an app, which is which is pretty exciting. And again, it's um, if they went to the app store and looked at uh, you know PGA golf clinics for women, they would find it. It includes. Uh, and it will include all types of, uh, you know, advice, instruction from uh, experts like you, Cindy. <laughs> Have our schedule, uh, you know, the names of all of our all of our teachers. It's uh, very comprehensive. So uh, we're definitely uh, a go-to site for any information you want about, uh, you know, for women learning to play the game, and for significant others um, that want to uh, introduce their, um, you know, their girlfriend, their daughter, uh, their partner to the game. Um, it's um, it's a big, great Valentine's present, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. <laughs> How much is the app? <laughs> How much is the app, uh, Jane? Oh, I'm sorry. I, did, I didn't hear that. Um, so it's uh, $400 for the day to sign up, which uh, – as you know, is uh, considering everything they get is uh, is a pretty good a pretty good bargain. We get your Absolutely. top teacher for it's the entire day, and and uh, you know I can drink that much in wine at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> and uh, and we're great golf courses. And I said, with everything provided, it's it's a fabulous day. Um, you know, the companies that are involved, MetLife is our um, our um, presenting partner. And uh, Fidelity, KPMG are involved, and uh, you know they've used it so well for client engagement because you know women are tired of just—I mean, never tired of going to spa, but uh, you can spend the day with a client in a relaxed environment, and you know you share uh, vulnerabilities. It, it's such a great bonding experience. So it's been fantastic for uh, for these the companies that have been supportive. Um, you know, for well, in enhancing their um, their own employees um, to become better at the relationships and networking, and particularly for the for the client side of it. You know, so, uh, awesome. Jane, let me just ask you something. Or, or, yeah, let me just say something real quick, Cindy, and then and then uh, by all means you can go on. Um, you know, you mentioned something earlier, Jane, about you know a lot of women that you know work for companies. Um, and want to feel inclusive. I think this is a great opportunity for a lot of women uh, to be involved because sometimes they feel left out in the golf outings when a corporation or company has um, you know, a, a golf event where they're maybe having some clients. And I think this is a great way for um, allowing the women to feel part of the team uh, as opposed to just sort of sitting there and, and maybe taking another position at, at a table or, or something during the event. They want to feel like they're getting out there and, and participating in the in the actual event as opposed to just you know handing out gift bags or things like that. And and I think that that's really what the clinics are designed to do is to give them uh, an insight and a, a lift up, if you will, in in this great game and what some of the many benefits that it has to offer. Uh, would that be a fair assessment? 
Oh, that it said so well. That's exactly it. And uh, I said we continue to reinforce it. It's okay. You are good enough to to join in because uh, the worst thing that happens is that uh, many women, uh, well, they'll be driving the beverage cart or, as you said, doing registration, or right. they'll be invited to join in in the <clears> social <throat> activities afterwards, but they're not part of the conversation because they weren't part of the day. And uh, it's just right. – um, it's just, I said, the bonding experience is just, uh, you know, it's a 10. It's a, it doesn't get any better than, uh, you know, a round of golf with someone. And you don't have to be a good player to join in. No, you're exactly right. Um, Cindy, go ahead. So I would encourage, because I have witnessed um, the – women coming in in the morning at 8, 8.30, and they're having breakfast, and they're all sitting around their table, and if they're not coming with people they work with, they're all a little nervous, and they're like, oh, boy, what did I do? And you're absolutely right. At the end of the day, they're like, oh, my gosh, this was so much fun. <laughs> so I am going to tell you women who are out there listening, you've got to go to that website. You've got to sign up. Even if you go all by yourself, you could be a person who's never hit a ball, or a person who's an 18 handicap who wants to be a 12. So I just mm-hmm. totally encourage people to sign up and come because $400 for the whole day uh, for what you get, and the venues are amazing. I mean, these are some of the best clubs in the cities they attend. Right, Jane? No, you're, you're yeah. absolutely right. No, and, th- you know, and I'm glad you mentioned because we do have um, good golfers as well who want to improve because mm-hmm. having access to these, you know, fine teachers who, you know, calendars are booked up months in advance is pretty special. Getting to go on the course with them, uh, you know, just to spend the entire day, you know, picking the brains is, is um, you know, is so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and you know, one other, one other point, too, Jane, I think that's important to mention is there's a lot of women out there whose spouse may already play golf. This is a great way for them to get introduced to the game uh, in a comfortable environment so that maybe at some point when they feel a little bit more comfortable, they can then go to their spouse and say, hey, let's go out and play golf together. And this is a great, great way for them to share an experience together as opposed to letting him try to teach her how to play. So she can go out and work with some great <laughs> professionals out there in a comfortable – well, you know what I'm talking about. Um, oh, I, so I do. And, I, I and, that and thank, thank, you for, <laughs> thank you for warning women not to take lessons from their – they're significant oh, yeah. <laughs> other. It, it doesn't work. Um, but because one of the nicest comments I've ever had from one of our, you know, past attendees is that, um, yes, I, she said, I, it's helped me in my business. But more importantly, my son would always go play with my husband and I was left behind. And now I join in and it's become right. a real family mm-hmm. thing for us. And I think that's uh, that's another very important message. Yeah. So it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Um, Update us, if you wouldn't mind, Jane, on the Legends Tour. What's uh, what's some new and exciting things happening in 2018? Well, we've just announced a new tournament in Seattle, Washington, um, which has been on our radar screen for a long time because there used to be a most successful LPGA tournament. Uh, so we're going out to um, to Seattle um, to the White Horse Golf Course on Kitsap Island. So it just you know everything in Seattle you take ferries. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be in June, June eighth, ninth, and tenth. And uh, I mean, this is a big year for women's. Let's uh, well for the Legends Tour in general because we have the uh, first U.S. Women's Senior Open, which will be in Chicago in July, 
And uh, you know we've been working mm-hmm. on that over over 20 years, and we finally have our our U.S. Women's Senior Open, and then uh, we have the um, tournament, the LPGA Senior in French Lick, Indiana, in um, October. So we've got really two major tournaments, which will be nationally televised, televised, which is going to be uh, you yep. know so helpful to us. Um, and um, you know the leg- it's thelegendstour.com. You'll see the the full schedule. But uh, we are um, we're very close to announcing a couple of other new events, which is which is exciting. Talk about a little bit, um, maybe more if you wouldn't mind, about the U.S. Senior Women's Open. I know, as you said, this has been 20 years, uh, probably 20-plus <laughs> years in the making. I know a lot of players out there, I'm sure, are very, very excited about this. This is obviously long overdue. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Obviously, it's going to be played at the Chicago Golf Club in Wheaton, Illinois. Um, what, what can uh, the viewers expect uh, from this tournament? Well, I think they'll be pleasantly surprised. Uh, you know, one of the uh, – I said it, it took the USGA too long to do this, I think, in everyone's opinion, um, because I don't think right. they respected the uh, the level of golf of our players. So I think when, uh, you know, the spectators who are so fortunate to be on site and the television viewers are going to be amazed at uh, – and the U.S. Open is uh, – Women's Open is age 50, by the way, and our Legends Tour is 45 – so they're going to, uh, to be absolutely just totally shocked of you know Laura Davies, Julie Inkster, you know Pat Bradley, Lisa Lot Neumann, uh, Michelle Redman, Lori Rinker, um, just Michelle McGann. How well these players play and how long they hit the golf ball. Um, you know they've been uh, the men have been fortunate. Our male counterparts on the, the you know their mm. Champions Tour. Uh, because everyone kind of knows them, and they say, "Wow, they can really hit it," but they haven't had a chance. Um, the golf world in general hasn't had a chance to experience and to see how good our players are. And I think it's going to send a great message to all women as they start to um, to age, kind of like Tom Brady. You know, you can play football after yep. forty. Right. Uh, I, I think it's going to be positive uh, reinforcement for women. Um, all you know, all across the board. So it, it's going to be very exciting, and uh, and it's. Uh, I have never played that golf course, but uh, I've heard it's pretty special. Yeah, it is. Uh, I haven't either, but I know a number of people that have, and and I know it's uh, what a great venue to start off uh, uh, the the uh, U.S. Senior Women's Open Championship. Cindy, do you have any questions or comments about uh, this particular event? No, I just want to qualify. And I'm glad I saw that the yardage is going to be under 6,500 yards because otherwise I got to get driver three wood wedge, driver three wood wedge. <laughs> well, and I, I think we all need to. With, we need to yeah, work on our short game. 55, yeah, yeah. Speaking of that thing this morning, Ted, with the short game and the putting and the chipping it yeah, close so you can right. get it up and down. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very so many, excited uh, how and I'm large thrilled. Yeah, how many spots are going to be available, or how, how large is the field uh, presently? Uh, is it going to be, and how many open spots? And and you talked about qualifying, uh, Cindy, uh, Jane. What about the qualifying tournaments uh, leading up to this? Are there uh, where and and uh, where are they going to be? The, the, um, there is. Um, I'm, if someone goes to the USGA.org, 
um, and clicks on okay. the um, you know the, the segment of Women's Senior Open. It shows all the qual. There are a number of qualifying locations. I mean, all over the country, and the qualifying okay. will be right. Uh, th- there's like a three to four week period. There'll be 120 players in the field. Um, prize money is a million. I I think we're all hoping it would have been a little oh, wow. closer to the men's prize money, even though that's that would be our most substantial purse to date. And uh, they release the exempt field, um, and I don't know how they're going to do it because uh, actually I even saw it's sad to say that one player on the exempt list is uh, six feet under um, from several years ago. So mm. I don't know if they go to the next wow. person or how they're going to do that. Um, and I'm not sure they'll be a considerable number of open spots available, you know, for both amateurs okay. and uh, professionals. So, you know, for the qualifying. Yeah, that's fantastic. I have to ask a question. Um, mm-hmm. Can I ask a question? Go. Yes, of course. So, Jane. Yes. Um, people people <laughs> ask me this a lot. In fact, somebody asked me the other day. What? Why, what and why do you not stop? What drives you to do what you do? Because I must tell you, without you, (laughs) you have given me a mulligan in life like you have no idea because you're like a pit bull, and I love that. And if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have been able to defeat my personal demons, so I thank you for that. But I want to know why do you not give up? And I'm glad, I haven't I'm reached my goals don't. yet. You have, okay. I have goals. I was the same way playing golf. You know, I was, uh, um, I was tenacious. You know, I never gave up on anything. And uh, I'm fortunate. I have, I'm healthy. I have energy, and I have a passion and love what I do. And uh, I'm not done. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a chance to make a difference. I feel fortunate to have the opportunity. And, um, you know, and I'm driven to do it. So um, I'm not going to stop for a while. But someone, I'm asked that question a lot. And I said, well, look at Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's my hero. <laughs> She's yeah, not right? going anywhere. Right. <laughs> so, right. uh, you know, while I have, while I'm at 100% capacity, I still work on my golf game. I still think I'm good. Um, but, uh, no, I'm very driven to uh to make a difference and to create opportunities both through our PGA clinics for women and uh, most certainly the Legends Tour. And it's, uh, you know, I have often said to myself, it's, uh, I was fortunate winning tournaments, but you win the tournament and no one's really happy because you beat everyone that you know. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and you only get to enjoy it for two days until you tee it up again. But when you sign like when we just land at the seattle tournament i get to share it we've got a two-year agreement i get to enjoy it for two years i get to share it with all my friends and everyone's happy so there you go well thank you you know let That's me just, all i can say is thank yeah, you yeah let me just yeah let me just read out a couple of stats speaking of of your uh career uh jane just for the folks that maybe don't appreciate just just how how good you've been over the years um Jane, of course, won 27 titles in her LPJ career, which began in 1969, and she's actually a record holder across um, all professional uh, men's and women's golf tours. And this is a stat that really jumps out, but um, playing 299 consecutive tournaments without missing a cut. That's pretty uh, darn impressive, if, if I do say so myself. 
I don't know of too many players in today's um, golfing industry, men's or ladies, that can boast uh, numbers like that. That's pretty impressive. That's a lot of tournaments to play in and not miss a cut. Uh, what, what do you attribute that to? Don't say luck. Well, kind of. <laughs> well, no, I, I think it's just that I love the game, and I felt, you know, I didn't grow up in a golf family. I grew up in New Hampshire. I didn't grow up in a, you know, gol- a hotbed of golf, mm. and I felt so lucky to be there. I just felt that, uh, you know, I was never going to, the same way my attitude is now, give up on anything, and I wanted to, uh, I didn't want to go home after two days. I wanted to stay out there and uh, and felt that if I could, uh, it was probably harder to uh, make a putt just to make the cut uh, than to actually win a tournament. So if you use, kind of apply that same mindset to just wanting to hang around for the weekend, um, it's going to help you when it's time to win because the pressure, I said, is greater. So you just kind of, um, you know, you play the first shot on Thursday with the same intensity that you play the last shot on Sunday. Well said. Um we only have a few minutes left, but uh, maybe, Jane, if you could just take a couple of minutes. I know you, you listened in a little bit of our conversation earlier on. If you wanted to give some advice for some of the golfers that are gearing up for a new season, obviously here in Florida we're able to play pretty much all year round, but for some up in the Northeast that are battling, what would you say to them? How should they start getting ready and preparing uh, to, to come out for a new season here? What would you? What would some of the advice you'd give them? Well, I think, you know, I, being you know being a New Englander, and I've spent quite a bit of time up in the Boston area now, and I use the time prior to the season to visualize uh and I read and i like to I like to watch golf on tournaments I like to kind of feel their rhythm <clears throat> uh you know try to grab it by osmosis. And then when it's time to go hit golf balls, take it slow. You know, make sure they do the proper stretching and uh, hopefully stayed in some sort of shape over over the winter. And uh, don't have right. great expectations at first. Just, you know, stick to your basic fundamentals. Um, and don't try to get your game back all at once. Just, you know, baby steps and maybe, you know, in two weeks you want to be here, and a month you want to be there. But even especially north, the season's so short you may not even have a month. Um, but um, right. you know, just just go slow. But I think the important point is uh, taking advantage of that time that you can't play over the winter. To uh, you can you know put in your living room. Um, I said just uh, you know read some good articles and just kind of picture the swing that you want to come out in the spring with. Mm-hmm. Some great advice. Um, Cindy, any final thoughts or, or comments that you want to add to that? No, I just I'm so grateful for you and what you've done for me and for women's golf. And uh, to our listeners, you got to sign up for a PGA Golf Clinic for women. Uh, it's it's time to get over the fear and get out on the course. Everybody's leaving you in the office while they go out <laughs> and have fun. And it's time to do that yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we call it a that's safe right. environment. I think that's a good that's a good expression. <laughs> it sure is. It's yeah. sure is. It's safe and it's fun, and it, and yep. uh, we'll teach you how to be comfortable and confident on the course. You got it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Jane, we want to thank you for for joining uh, Sydney and I this morning on the Women of Golf Show. It's always uh, a pleasure having you as our guest, and uh, we're definitely going to have you uh, back throughout the year. In fact. Uh, something that we're going to do this year, Jane, a little bit differently is uh, once a month, uh, beginning in March, 
we're going to start uh, conducting a panel discussion, uh, inviting uh, others like yourself and maybe some other, uh, not just golf professionals, but other uh, industry professionals to the table. And we're going to tackle on some specific topics that we want to talk about. Um, So uh, hopefully, if your schedule permits, maybe we can get you to jump in on one or or maybe even two throughout the season. We'll we'll let you know uh, as far as the dates and that, but uh, we would love to maybe have you come on board for at least one of them uh, in the months coming up. But um, on behalf of Sydney and I, Jane, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Well, thank you, and I would love to join in. Uh, it's always a pleasure to speak with you guys. It's a great show. Thank you so much, Jane. I'll see Perfect. you soon. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye, Jane. All right. That was our very special guest, uh, Jane Blaylock, um, an LPJ professional and founder of JBC Golf uh, and the CEO of the Legends Tour and now the PGA Golf Clinics for Women, as it's now being uh, refer to and just what a great uh, you know Cindy what a great um, you know I guess really I would I would almost classify her I guess as an ambassador of the game because she's not only been a great player over the years um, but as you pointed out she's really spearheading a lot of uh, things and helping a lot of people like yourself um, just um, not only become better players but become better people along the way just through her experience and and just it kind of rubs off doesn't it yes yes she's awesome she I I, I'm telling the truth. I mean, if there was no Legends Tour, I would yeah. never, my whole life would be different. So I'm just so grateful that she is tenacious and a pit bull and doesn't give up and wants to accomplish her goals. <laughs> and she's grateful that she's still healthy and she's got energy and she can do what she does. So, you know, she just has not given up. And as she said, I'm not done yet. And I'm glad. Yeah. So, yeah. Very I grateful. Think that's, yeah, I think that's uh, important. I think that uh, you have to have you know, uh, goals along the way in your life and you've got to keep engaged. And I, and I think that, um, you know, as long as, uh, Lord willing, as long as you, you know, still have your health and and things like that, you need to get out there and be active uh, in your community in whatever way. And, and if golf is is something that is a passion that you enjoy as, as Jane and and you and I have, um, then, you know, focus your efforts there and, and bringing others to the game. So, um, Cindy, very quickly, uh, again, we're going to remind everybody you've got a boot camp next week. So we're going to have Cindy uh, calling us from uh, Orange uh, County National down in Florida, uh, right hot and ready from her boot camp. And you're going to bring on maybe a couple of the, the junior players uh, that you've got down there in the, in the clinics, correct? Yes, sir. All right. So, on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, we want to take this opportunity again to thank our very special guest, Jane Baylock, uh, for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. And uh, just remember to, to tune in each and every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. But you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and now tunein.com as well. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. And we look forward to uh, another great show next week here on the Women of Golf. God bless everybody and have a great week. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.